Welcome to Fresh Cut Grass, light conversation with turf grass professionals from across the turf industry, with your hosts, Jeff Fowler and Tanner DelVal. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fresh Cut Grass. My name's Jeff Fowler, one of your co-hosts for the show. With me again this week, Tanner DelVal. Tanner, good to have you back. Good to be back. How you What's been this on? week? Good. Recovered good. from SFMA. Oh, yeah. Um, back into your um, full, full, full meeting schedule for winter. Um, and my point in saying that is, um, you know, inevitably, we're going to get calls at the, the end of the end of this season and say, how come you didn't do a meeting in my area? Um, you better check out where you are. It doesn't mean just in Pennsylvania, look out because this is the busy, busy time for winter meetings for people to catch up on pesticide credits and, and, or new education. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was actually just speaking at a meeting yesterday, got a full docket of, uh, I think this winter meeting season between now and the end of March, I'm speaking at about 20, 20 different meetings or so. So, um, it's in full swing and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully, I just the only thing I always worry about is weather. That's the only big thing that See, I worry about. You worry about that stuff. Um, where I come from, if I worried about weather, I would never leave the house. Yeah, I just I've had some bad experiences. Not me, but other people on the road. And it, I live in a very hilly area. I think if it was flat, um, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But man, there's just so many mountains and hills here. That yeah, because the because the hill because the hills of Pittsburgh are pretty flat. <laughs> oh, here we go. I live in the Appalachians. I don't live in the, the little hills. <laughs> <coughs> oh, hey, Tanner, we're going to, um, as you know, um, but for our listeners, um, let's get this this party started here. Um, we're going to try something new today. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we're going to try um, a trivia contest. Yeah, this and is going to be this is going to be fun. We, we talked about this in last week's episode where we kind of introduced our new season. Um, but we have with us two guests um, who are our first um, tractor cab trivia um, contest enter, or contestants um, who are entering. Um, they have both been on the show before. Um, one who has a last name very similar to mine um, and one who is a good friend of our show's. Um, um, we have John Fowler from Anuvia and Matt Duncan from DLF Seed. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you, Jeff. So much. Thanks, yep. Glad to be here. So um, John has helped us um, in the past. Um, he helped us with a fertilizer technology, like how fertilizer is made um, and blended. And he also helped us um, with the Matt Schaefer episode last year. Um, he's good friends with Matt, so he was able to bring Matt on the show. And Matt Duncan is a good friend of ours, goes to Little League with me, um, and is a good friend of CAFMO's and, and Tanner and I both. Um, Matt is with DLF Pick Seed out in Oregon, um, but he's based in the, on the East Coast. And Tanner, or Matt and I are um, famous for, for meeting at a great Pittsburgh restaurant for lunch to catch up every once in a while. Um, and Matt, we probably could have done this um, at the um at the restaurant where they put coleslaw on your sandwich and all kinds of other things but we decided to do it the other way right yeah that sounds a little more appealing than than where i am right now in the car so that we should have done that 
Yeah, we should have, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, so, Tanner, here's here's what we've decided, right? Um, all of us have five questions, um, it, me included. Um, we're going to throw out these random, they're all turf-related questions. Um, we're going to throw these questions out. Tanner's going to keep score. And the winner of the trivia contest for the day, and you know what? Now I'm not even going to go there. Um, the winner of the, tr the trivia contest will get a special fresh cut grass prize. And no, it's not just a sticker. We will, we will, we will get you something special to be announced later. So let's get this party started. All right. You guys ready? Let's do it. Absolutely. I'm going to start you off. I've got my five questions ready. Um, so the way we're going to do this is um, we're going to not blare out our answers, but kind of think of your answer and then we'll go around and, and see who gets them right. Yeah. And we're not going to say who, if, if, you know, if I respond first, I'm not, we're not going to say if it was right or wrong and try to be quick about it. We don't want to change our answers or anything like that. So just, um, you know, hopefully you have it in your head and you won't know if it's right until everybody already answered. All right, here we, here we go. Here we go. Question number one from Jeff. What is the most shade tolerant cool season grass? The most the sh the most shade tolerant cool season grass. All right. Yeah. Matt, what do you have? I'm going to go with chewing's fescue. Tanner, I was just going to say fine fescue. Yeah. Yeah, John. I wrote down fine fescue. All right. Did you change your answer, Fowler? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I first had zoysia, and I was like, that can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a uh, that was kind of the, that kind of lays the, the groundwork for my next four. What is the range? Go ahead, go ahead. Tanner. Uh, well, I guess my question is: Is are we going to say if who was right on that or wrong? Oh, I was going to go through them all, but yeah, cool. Um, the 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 most shade tolerant, cool season grass, fine fescue. Um, right. and, yeah. So so everybody got a point there, I guess. Yep. All right. The range of pH, the total scale of pH is what? You going to me first again? Um, no, let's go to John first. Zero to fourteen. Tanner, I'm. I have one to fourteen. I was started. I I have one as well. I did. I guess zero is probably more accurate, but one to fourteen is what I was thinking. Zero to fourteen, right? I mean, you can ah. be, you can be a point yeah. nine. Yeah, that's John. True. John. There John pulls ahead in a in a in a very mathematical way he pulls ahead right How about that yeah hey during um, so our during our during our fertilizer production um the ph drops to a point two so that's why i knew it could go below one but can't wow. go below one there you can't you know we can't go below zero obviously yeah yep yep good one good one see it's it's institutional knowledge that we all learn from right <laughs> all right so uh John Fowler gets a point, and Matt and Tanner, you don't get one for that one, right? All right. right. All right. <laughs> All right. I want you to name two structures on a grass plant that we use to identify the species. Two structures on the grass plant 
that we use to identify the species. This is question number three. Okay. All right, Tanner, you go first. Legal and Oracle. Those are two good ones. Yep. John? I had a blade or leaf and a legal. Okay. Blade or leaf. That would be that would be one, I guess. Although that's a cheap one. <laughs> we have to look at whether this the the it's it's rolled or um but vein. Hey, so we, Leah Brillman can walk on a green and look at it and tell you what bent grass it is. So by yeah. golly, I'm sticking with my answer. Yeah, she <laughs> amazes me every day with that. <laughs> Matt, how about you? I have uh the leaf tip and collar. Oh good ones. Good ones. So all of those are right, right? Those are the the two Biggest ones that we look at are the oracle and the ligule to see whether they're present or hairy or uh, membranous or whatever the case is. Um, but we certainly look at the leaf. We look at the leaf tip. Um, we look at the um, collar region to see if there is a collar present. We look at the um, all that structure. But those are the, 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 the structures that we're looking at. Good one, guys. You guys, um, you guys knocked that one out of the ballpark, as I suspected you would. But... Uh, you know, Matt, I gotta, I gotta say, um, I'm really glad for you and Leah that you got that one right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She'd be disappointed in me. Yeah, she, she would be more than disappointed. I have a feeling because she, <laughs> she is a rock star when it comes to um, identifying grasses. Like you said, John, she just walks onto a green and says, "Yeah, well, this is yada 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 yada." So, um, yeah, she, okay. she'd be a rocket scientist if she didn't choose grass. Unfortunately for us, she chose. Uh, she chose grass. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right. So here we go. This was going to require um, a calculator um, or to a pencil and maybe some math. Um, I think at least it will for it did for me. Although, you know, I didn't do so well in math. So it, it takes me a little longer. If you have a 50, I'll, I'll keep it easy because I'm going to make it a 50 pound bag. If you have a 50 pound bag of 10, 10, 10, how many pounds of actual nitrogen do you have? If you have a 50-pound bag of 10, 10, 10, how much nitrogen do you have? And I ask this question because it is probably the most common question that I get into my office from homeowners um, is, you know, oh, I'm going to put down nitrogen. I'm going to put down fertilizer. Um, you know, how do I how do I go about figuring out what I want? and how much to put down. Um, I think we'll start with uh, the fertilizer man this time with John. John, how much how much nitrogen do I have in a bag, a 50 pound bag of 10, 10, 10? Five pounds. Because it is a percentage, right? You're giving the answers before we other, the other ones answer? Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry, Tanner? Five. Matt? Yep, five. All right. so. I, I figured you'd all get it right because you all have answered this question a million times yourselves. Um, but I, I'm for the sake of our listeners, it is a percentage of what's in the bag, right? The number on the outside is not actual pounds of nitrogen or phosphorus or potassium. It's a percentage. So you got to take the weight of the bag. I could have made you use your calculator instead of 40 pound bag. Um, th then John would have he would have been he would have been taken off his shoes then to figure that out. Um, 
when you had when you were going with this type of question, I was worried that you were going to say how many pounds of actual potassium or phosphorus because on the bag they are not listed as a straight nutrient you know it is not a straight nutrient now if you say pounds of phosphate that's different um so but nitrogen is straight material right john am i am i correct on that yeah and i was gonna add that's exactly right and so um but i i still like if you have an 050 like sop uh, you know you can you, and you're trying to get two pounds, you know, you know, you need to spread four. So one, one of the things, and I wish I could remember this guy's name, but I met an agronomist in California one time and he gave me the best equation for this. And it more ties back Jeff to, Hey, I want to put down uh, a half a pound of nitrogen and I have a 2800 or whatever. And so the, 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 this, this to me was, was, was fantastic. He says, it's what you got or what you want. So, so you're looking for that, that half a pound divided by what you got. So in this case, if I'm trying to put a half pound of N down from that triple 10, you take the 0.5 and you divide it by 0.1, right? Which is the 10%. So I need to put five pounds of triple 10 down to get my half a pound of nitrogen. And again, that's one of the most useful equations I think that a turf manager could ever use when it comes to applying fertilizer. The other, the other way that the way I look at it is when I see a bag, especially for, for N, or if you're referring to just the numbers on the bag, you're not trying to break it down because, um, well, I won't go into that discussion, but as far as like nitrogen, I look at it as that percentage, imagine it was a hundred pound bag. So if it was a hundred pound bag, then you would have on a 10, 10, 10, 10 pounds. So if you have 50 pound bags, half that. So that's the way, it's another way to look at it, at least with nitrogen or straight uh, phosphate or potash. So yeah, but John, I, I that's a I like that way too. What you, what you what you want divided by what you got. It's just this very simple simple equation, and one I use. I'm not that, kidding every day. That 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 kind of math works for you, doesn't it, John? Simple. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the other thing too about that, you know, that folks should be doing when you're buying fertilizer, uh, if you're looking at it on a cost basis. Now, obviously, different fertilizers have different release characteristics obviously a 4600 is not going to release the same as a 101010 um depending on what's in the bag but you can do a calculation on which one's cheaper you know and looking at you know if you're a 20 a 201010 or a 2000 or a 202020 something like that um if you're trying if you're really just shooting for straight nitrogen I mean, if the cost per bag of a 201010 or a 20, whatever, a 20, whatever, whatever is not doubled or more, it's going to be cheaper to buy the material that has the higher percent nitrogen, even though it's more expensive. If it's not doubled the cost in that case, it's going to be cheaper to buy the 2020, whatever, whatever. And you're not going to need as many bags and as much material to put down. Yeah, that's a really good point, Tanner. You know, this this is a, a, a very common practice. And again, from a turf manager's perspective, triple 10 has, I think, 12 to 1300 pounds of filler in it, in a ton. So, you know, you have six, seven, 800 pounds of nutrients and the rest of it's literally gravel or actually gravel, right? It's not and it, no, unless it's a pelletized lime or some other nutrient that you could use as filler that has a heavy, you know, that's heavy, heavy complex to it, but also is able to provide some nutrient value because triple 10 has very little nutrient value in it. It really, it, now the good thing about triple 10 is it, you can't screw it up. My dad used to put it in the garden, right? <laughs> he could put down a bag per row and, and it would never hurt the, the, uh, the plantings, but 
in this case, I mean, it's important to, just like you said, Tanner, to know what the value of your bag is and to fill. So a triple 19 is actually a much better value because you're not hauling rocks around that have no nutrient value whatsoever. Yeah, no, good point. I actually speak in a triple 19. That's what I typically will use um, as a starter fertilizer. Yeah, no doubt. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good conversation. Good conversation about my trivia question. All right, here's number five from Jeff Fowler. Here's number five from Jeff Fowler. And all I want here is the formula. I don't want you to use, I don't need, I don't need you to do the math. What is the easiest way to figure the square footage of a baseball field? The easiest way to figure the square footage of a baseball field. There's a real simple formula to use. So say for Little League World Series, the fences are 225 feet. What's the easy formula? Everybody ready for it? Everybody have an answer or a blank stare at me? <laughs> I'm going to go with Tanner first. Tanner, oh, Williams. man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, oh, man. I mean, it, so I was just thinking in my head, typically when I'm measuring fields, I mean, I use like an online program now. Yeah. Yeah, my everybody guess, everybody does. My my gut's telling me that, you know, I've seen these complex. Well, I'm probably dead wrong, but I see these complexes where there's four fields next to each other. And it almost looks like you could draw a circle completely around them. Now, I'm guessing that this is assuming that the Little League field has a is an even distribution of the distance from home plate to the to the down the lines all the way around. So it's yeah, yeah, 200. Yep. 200 feet down the line, 200 feet in dead center, 200 feet down the right pole, right? Yep. So I'm guessing it's something like pi r squared divided by four. Um, so if you take the distance from, well, it wouldn't matter if it's from the back of home plate all the way to the to the pole, and that would be your radius of a circle. So I'm, I'm guessing it's pi r squared divided by four. John? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh... Google Maps, if I'm allowed to mention a brand by by name, if I don't have my my own uh, uh, program handy, uh, measuring it, <laughs> but ultimately figuring out the area. And and as uh, as Tanner said, that that that's where it would definitely take some ciphering. But uh, for my own edification, when I'm doing a little league ball field or a high school field or an MLB field, it's usually about an acre, right, for the little guys, and about two acres for the big guys. And that's, I know, not very exact, but that's what I normally use. All right, Matt. Uh, you know, I'm in, I'm enrolled right now at Penn State, and turf is a big part of uh, of that class. A little plug for the world campus there. Um, so, I'm not very good at at formulas, but like like John said, I I just know that when I go when I go look at a field, I just know the general size you can break it up into trapezoids, you know, as far as an outfield goes and do it that way. Um, but I just know too, that, yeah, uh, generally a major league ball fields about two acres and that's just generally how I've done it. So Tanner seems to know the, the formula for that better, but I'm just going to go with like, like John said, I just, I just, all right, generally so I, know what the fields I, are. I don't think that I'm correct. I feel like I made some kind of an error in that. I just I never came up with that, so I was just something I came up with. Let's see if what, what's well, right. I'll tell you that Tanner, you are absolutely correct. Wow, nice. Hmm. Thank you. Pi r nice squared nice divided job. by four. Um, uh, uh, is that's assuming that 
the base paths are, you know, it's a, a, a 225 foot fence to the outfield all the way around. You just take, take the, it's pi. R is what? R is radius um, squared times pi. You have to do your multiplication before or you have to do your squaring before you do your multiplication. And then if you're just doing one field, you got to divide it by four. If you're doing four fields, you got your, your circle. Now, obviously you have to go in and take out your infield and your all that stuff, but um, that gives you a great starting point. And that's going old school on you because obviously new school, you can pull up Google maps and track and trace and bingo. You got exactly what you got, but because I'm, I'm the oldest one in the crowd, we're going old school and have to do the math on it. And I'm the youngest guy in the crowd. And you're the youngest, <laughs> but you're also the soon to be PhD in the crowd. <laughs> well, thanks. All right. So poor that one, thing, uh, poor hungry doctor versus um, the money doctor, right? <laughs> so, so John, um, John's got four after that. Um, Tanner's got four after that and Tanner's got three after that, or I'm Matt, sorry. And Matt's Matt. got three after that. Although I probably could have given him a three and a half. Um, we're going to go with three, but hang on Matt. Cause here, cause, cause now it's your turn to ask questions, um, to all of us. All right. Well, that sounds good. I, uh, was on an airplane last night. I got home around two o'clock this morning from uh, Richmond, Virginia. So I was trying to think of a lot of questions while flying. So. I don't know that they're all as good as yours, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. So, okay. And, and Kristen also helped. I had her brainstorm. So they're probably hey, that's not there. Hold up. Dude. <laughs> oh, so, but anyway, the first one I have the, the purity of a bag of grass seed is listed on the tag. And there's three things that take away from the purity of that seed. What are, what are the three things? Ooh. You know what you guys got. We'll go ahead with we'll start off with Jeff. I'm still writing. Okay. I, my brain doesn't work that quick. <laughs> no change in answers. <laughs> no, I, I won't. All right. So I've only got, I can only come up with two things. Um, I have weed seed and inert material percentages okay. would take away from the purity. Those are I, so I didn't come up with three. Okay, John. Yeah, I got those two as well: germ and inert matter. And my third one was um, was weeds. I'm sorry, so germ, weeds, and then uh, yeah, we, weeds, germ, and then inert matter. So inert matter and weeds being being different, germination being the third one. Germ rate. And then, Tanner. And then I, I so I have written inert matter weed seed and then percent germination it's uh it's inert matter weed seed and crop seed oh uh, crop seed i knew there was another one duncan thank on it what is crop <laughs> seed so what, yeah, what explain would that, what, that to me explain that well like if you have a bag of, of of tall fescue crop seed will be listed if there's something in there else some other crop like it could be perennial ryegrass or it could be annual uh, ryegrass okay it's it's other other crops that can grow in that bag of seed I'm whereas in, whereas inert matter is stems, chafes, things that escape the cleaning right. process but will not grow. Good one. Good. Sorry, he stumped us. All yeah, right. I'm calling a foul on that because weed, by definition, is something that's not supposed to be in there. And so weeds technically catch the ryegrass that's in a fescue bag. 
just want to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll we'll petition to have a crop seed removed from a seed tax. <laughs> <laughs> So John uh, John Fowler wants to petition the entire turf seed industry um, to to change the label to match what he thinks. <laughs> that, that's well, I guess wild. technically technically he's right because a weed is defined by anybody that thinks it's a grass that doesn't belong where they want it. So I guess it could be <laughs> it, it sure could be covered. All right. Okay. Well, question number two. I I didn't do them all seed. I just they're all grass related. But uh, what does it mean for a grass to be considered a winter annual? guys got an answer down yes sir all right we'll go with tanner on this one so i would say that a winter annual would germinate in the late fall or early winter um, live through the winter set seed probably in late winter early spring and then die before summer okay john yeah, I, I have a similar answer. Germination from between August and October, growing very nicely through crappy, crummy winter weather, seeding out and dying in the in the spring, early summer. Okay. And then Jeff. I'm I'm with John and I don't need to repeat that answer. No, I you just, guys you, you guys got you guys all got that one. So it's like an annual bluegrass is a good example. Germinate in the fall, make it through the winter, put up some seed in the spring, and then die off in the summer. You know, it's interesting, yeah. too, Matt. We deal a lot with winter annual broadleaf weeds here in the Mid-Atlantic. And, you know, chickweed, bittercress, henbed, and, man, they're they're buggers to get in the spring. People will say, hey, can you take this out? Nope, just let it die. <laughs> we'll yeah. Take it next fall, you know. I, I defy you to try to control chickweed out, yeah. of, out of growing season. Yeah, can't yes. impossible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's done. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we all got that one. Good one, Matt. Good one. All right, here's a little. little this one's a little trickier. Um, of of the grass family, what is believed to be the tallest growing grass in the grass family? Not not just turf grass. What's believed to be? Oh the come on, come on! Don't be given. Don't. <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> I had to give a clue because it could be. Hmm. Sounds like Tanner. Sounds like Tanner knows. <laughs> Let me go last. Okay. <laughs> Watch, I'll be wrong. <laughs> Oh, All I right, actually, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, go, Tanner. What was no, I was going to say, I, I'm rethinking my answer now, but go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Rome grass. Okay. John? Yeah, I, I had written down Brome sedge or Brome grass, and then I also put in parentheses a palm tree, because isn't that a grass? Yeah, I think I think that would fall into the, into the grass family. It's Wow, then it, I'm way <laughs> off. I was gonna say corn. <laughs> That's a good guess. Because corn is a grass, but I guess there's bigger ones than that. Yeah. All right, well, seed guy. What's the answer? The answer is bamboo. Oh. oh. And I guess dragon bamboo to be specific is what is what they say is the the, the tallest. Up to 139 feet. Whoa. Jeez. Is what it is what it can grow. Oh, smoke! So. On that one, 
they they need to get a sharper lawnmower. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, that was a good Absolutely. question. I really like that question. That That's was a good one, man. So That's a okay, good one. back to the grass seed world, and don't give me credit for that one. Um, but back to the grass seed. What is the smallest grass seed in the turf grass? We'll start with Tanner when he's ready on this one, since he went last on that with, with corn. I'm going to say bent grass, creeping bent grass. Okay. Jeff? I say that um, creeping bent as well. All right. And John? Yeah, this is a tough one, man, because there's a lot of little guys. Uh, but knowing that bent's very tiny, I'm going to go with bent as well. Yeah, very good. I, that's why I specified in turf grass because you can get into some really small ones, but I just wanted to say it for the turf, but good job. It would, it, was, be, it would be interesting to get Dr. Huff back on here and have him compare some of the POA varieties, um, the seed of some of the POAs that he has collected around the world um, to a, a creeping bent grass seed. Well, I agree with you, Matt, but I think that would be, we're going to have him back on later this year, but um, I think that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, it'd be a good question to ask him if he's even done that, because certainly some of the biotypes of, of POA can can be so small. Yeah, I uh, actually was at a, where I gave a presentation yesterday. Um, Dr. Huff actually presented, and he's coming up with this variety and helped develop this variety that you can actually hopefully seed. And I asked him what the seed rate for POA is, which probably 99% of people would be like, I ain't seeding POA. But anyway, he said the seed rate ideally would be two pounds per thousand, but he said they've done one pound per thousand. So it must be pretty darn small. Hey, well, Matt, isn't like Bermuda grass really small too, isn't it? If you seeded it. Yeah. yeah, Bermuda grass is small, but even like Kentucky bluegrass, you know, it could be up to like 2.2 million seeds in a pound, whereas bent grass is up around six. Wow. So it's 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 wow. pretty small. Yeah. I didn't realize there was that many. That's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Wasn't even close. Yeah. Good, good questions we're coming with today on yeah, trivia. That was day, good. On, on trivia day one. Good. Okay. What, what else you got, Matt? All right. My last question is kind of a fun one. Um, I got I had a couple I could go with here, but I'm going to go with this one. Make you think a little bit outside oh. the box. It's a turf question. I know it's early, Jeff, but uh, we'll we'll get you thinking a little bit still. What what is considered the most expensive essentially plot of grass in the world in a, sta- in, a in a stadium or an arena like what is what is considered the most expensive consider the whole building but this this is supposed to be the most expensive plot of grass used in sports in the world oh, that's a good one this is a great question <laughs> natural grass because we know grass is better <laughs> all right and it's in sports too right sports yeah it's in sports but let's I'm, start with jeff i'm ready wimbledon okay john yeah i got the same thing like mine's uh aligned on that one i literally and my i literally wrote if you can see i wrote wimbledon all right very good guys right answer really wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We all I got it. I can't. I can't believe you all got that. Well, you I know, thought that was going to be. I thought that was going to be the bamboo type question. <laughs> I, I tell you, from from a from an input standpoint, like, and I'm not picking on the Wimbledon people at all, please. But like from an input standpoint, like it just it grass grows so naturally and so easily and so well over there. But with what they put it through is it is crazy right during that tournament. But that's a that's a great question, man. 
I was on the verge. It was, I was in my mind, I was between Wimbledon and Augusta National. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Augusta's high, high dollar stuff for sure. But it's also, yeah, but so. it's also a huge plot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. Those are well, awesome I, I, questions. I Good. I'm glad you, glad you enjoyed them. Oh. Hopefully I get, hopefully I get some, some of your guys' questions right to catch up since I'm in last place. No, you're well. We're tied for last right now, Matt. Okay. I only got three of yours, um, so you're we're we're tied. But you all, you both also did your questions, and right. John and I have not. Right. That's true. All right. Let's let's great questions, Matt. By the way, those were awesome. Um, that's that's exactly what we were um, hoping for. Let's go to fertilizer head, John Fowler, and see what he's got for us. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I got some softballs here, Matt, so you should be able to catch up. But I also wanted to just preface my questions with thank you for having me on without a guest. You know, the last two times that I've been with you guys, you I don't think you trusted me to be here alone. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate the, the opportunity to, to be here by myself without my sidekick of either Dr. Froelich from Anubia or my good buddy Schaefer, man. So anyway, thanks for that. So first question is... Uh, what do the three numbers on a fertilizer bag represent? Everybody ready? Yep. Yep. All right. Duncan, why don't you lead us off, man? Well, the obvious answers are NPK is nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. But I didn't know if you wanted to get more specific into the P205 or, you know, whatever. The, no, 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 that's good. That's okay. good. Good answer. All right. What do you got? But, but John, uh, first, before you go, I, I want to preface. I wanted to say maybe they didn't have you on with a guest because you and Jeff are like-minded, like they said last time, and that was maybe dangerous having you both on this on the call that's just a good by point. yourself. So. Yeah, re redundancy is sometimes <laughs> a bad thing for a podcast, but uh, good job. Tanner, <laughs> how about you, man? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. N NPK or nitrogen phosphate potash. 10-4. Jeffrey, um, it's a, a, a percentage of NPK that's in the bag. Oh, that's a really good. Uh, that's a that's a better answer, honestly. But that you're all right. I had NPK. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to add more detail to it to get in to get a, 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 a for him to say no. Fowler's right, but <laughs> hey, hey Tanner, you can give Jeffrey 0.25 extra of a percentage because he was a little bit. More accurate. <laughs> We're giving we're giving quarter points now. <laughs> I don't know, that's going to make my math pretty different. I know. I know. Trying to, I know, trying to make I your know. job harder, Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so the second good job, guys. The second question is: uh, What does the what do the letters S G N stand for or represent? S G N. This time we'll start off. Uh, Jeffrey, you ready? No. <laughs> Well, I, I, I hesitate to start with Tanner because I'm pretty sure he's going to get this one. But Tanner, why don't you go? So does Jeff have an answer or? He's still, I can see the, the, the smoke coming out of his ears up there. So we probably ought to move on. That's why he needed the 0.25 extra credit last week. That's exactly right. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> well, if one of us say something, he's going to be like, oh, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, hey, this, this we should start doing this like when you're when you're uh, it's like uh, you, when you do family feud, right? And the other the other the other party goes out of the room and answers, you know, by the other. <laughs> yeah. the or you have to write it down a piece of paper and put it up at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it looks All like right, Jeff's done writing. All right, I'm Jeff's ready. ready. Someone got nothing. <laughs> it's a really That's good a one. Good one. It's, it's a good one. one. All right, Tanner. Size guide number. All right. Duncan, what do you got? I had size gradient number. All right. Well, we have one correct answer. It's, it is. It's size guide number. Oh. And it, yeah. And it represents the, uh, the the smaller the number, the the smaller the prill, right? So like a greens grade would be like in a 70 to 80 STN fairway or midsize grade would be uh, or a mini. Sometimes people call it like a 140, 150. What two environmental factors have the most of the most significant impact on availability of nutrients coming from fertilizer. So what two environmental factors have the most significant impact on availability of nutrients of two plants, obviously from, from fertilizer. Okay. Duncan, you ready? Yeah, I'll go. I'm going to say moisture and temperature. Okay. All right. The Tanner? I have heat or temperature and moisture. Good. All right. Jeffrey? I'm gonna say because I'm 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 trying to trick I'm trying to play catch up here because <laughs> SGN was someone's got nothing. Uh, <laughs> which is what you got on that question. <laughs> which is what I got on that question. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up and I'm gonna um I'm gonna say temperature and humidity. Okay, I like that. Uh, and technically that's the same as moisture. And so the way uh, I was thinking about this question was, you know, people put dormant feed out, right. And, and one of the reasons they do that is, is that those avail, those nutrients would be available for them in the, in the spring, you know, when things start to warm up or maybe they can't get across the field in time for some early spring games or whatever. So I, the answers that I had were temperature and moisture and, but I would give Jeffrey credit for that. Because he's my cousin, and I love him dearly. Let's at least give him the point seven five to make that. <laughs> point <from his> last <laughs> <one>. <laughs> All, right. All right, this is a that's a good job, guys. Y'all did a really good job on that. Because again, sometimes <laughs> nutrients out, and the temperature could be great, but if there's no moisture to move those nutrients into a into a solution, right, that would make them available for 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 plants. And one of the things I heard too uh, early on from from a, from a buddy of mine in a former life was, uh, you know, roots are like straws. They're not like jaws, right? They're not munching nutrients. They're, 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 they're absorbing them through being in a soluble state. So good job, fellas. All right. Number four is if there was a fourth number on a fertilizer bag, what would it be? What would be the fourth main nutrient listed if there was a fourth and i i realize there's a little bit of uh leniency on this one but uh i'd like to hear your your answers i feel like i have seen bags with a fourth number before have have you john i feel like i've seen it maybe in europe maybe again i, I don't know I, I haven't or maybe i have 
Tanner, I, I was thinking the same thing, but we talk about this a lot internally at, at Anubia. But uh, let's see. Uh, is it Matt's turn to go first? I've kind of lost track. Yeah. Matt, I just went last. I went last time, but I'll do it this time, too. Oh, you did. Okay. Sorry, um, bud. I don't know. Um, you know, I've seen iron listed on bags, a percentage of iron in there, but I don't think that would be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say calcium. Okay. Tanner. I'm going to say sulfur. All right. Jeffrey. I had sulfur as well. Yeah, that that that's what I had as, as well. As if you think about a fourth main nutrient, sulfur is just absolutely critical to to the growth and the maintenance of, of healthy turf grass in particular, but corn, you know, beans, that'd be so many crops even benefit from that from that as well. But calcium's a good one. Uh Matt, I, you you really can't uh, ignore the importance of of um, of calcium, magnesium. You know the things that would come obviously through different lime applications. But the um, sulfur is interesting too. One one quick last thing is that sulfur and nitrogen go into the plant together, and that's an important thing. So if you don't have the presence of sulfur or you don't have the presence of nitrogen, then then neither one of those work as efficiently as they do when they're together. Good, good I'll, answer. I'll, so do they I'll go I'll petition for 0.25 for going first twice in a row. How about uh, that? <laughs> I love it. I uh, love it. The competition <laughs> up. Competition. All right. So uh, sticking to sulfur, which sulfur is more this is a bit of a multiple choice. Okay. So I'm gonna try to ease it, ease it back a little bit. So which sulfur is more readily available, or which form of sulfur is more readily available? Is it uh, elemental sulfur? or sulfate sulfur. So which sulfur is more readily available? Elemental sulfur or sulfate? And uh, this time we'll go back to Jeffrey. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna say sulfate. Okay. Tanner. My gut's telling me what I'm not gonna say. <laughs> Always trust your gut, Tanner. Always trust Man, this is a tough one. I'm going to say sulfate. Okay. I also had sulfate. Excellent. You all nailed it. Elemental is, is there. <laughs> Jeff is celebrating. Uh, elemental is, is obviously present, but it's more of a slowly available deal and, and harder for the plant to take it up. The plant has to kind of work at that somewhat. Uh, sulfate's like in, in the plant right now. Good job. I'm all I done. Went, I went with my gut. Huh? How about that? I did go with my gut. They always say, go with your gut. Good, good question, Sean. Yeah, good, good. Thank you. All right. Now we got to see if we see if the professor. I think I think he has one more question. No, I got five. I had five. Oh, is that all of them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Hey, just put me down for a zero for Tanners, because I know I'm not going to get any of these right. You know, it was kind of a lead-in for me, Tanner, when he said, this is my last question. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Don't forget, I'm over here trying to keep track of all this stuff. So my brain's going in a million different directions. Yeah, well, well Matt, well, Duncan's driving at 75 miles an hour while keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually a passenger, and I'm a more nervous passenger oh, than okay. I am a driver. That's, so. <laughs> that's, that's probably safer for everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. I'm excited. And I can't get any more points. So I'm glad one person's excited. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Name a cool season turf that we use that is apomictic. Could you repeat the question, please? Name a cool season turf that we use that is apomictic. Good question. I, I wish everybody could see our faces when you ask that question, Tanner. <laughs> if, if they had if they had view vision um, on their podcast, they'd be like, oh, yeah, John and Jeff are really wondering what the heck he's up to now. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, so I guess we'll start with Jeff then. I have no idea, Tanner. All right. How about you, John? Man, I, I don't even know how to spell it, let alone what it is. So I'm going to go ryegrass. Okay, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to go with Kentucky bluegrass. So we do have one correct answer in the room. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it is. It is a. Uh, it is a cool season grass for our sports fields, which is Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah. So Matt gets the point. So, so talk All to right. us about this word again, Tanner. Yeah, so apomixis is uh, a way that. Um, Kentucky bluegrass, and there's other plants in the in the plant kingdom that can do it, but there's not many. But the, uh, Kentucky bluegrass is the only one. Now, I'm not an expert on this, but I know um, Kentucky bluegrass is the only one that does it. But it's a form of asexual reproduction without fertilization. Yeah. So fertilization does not need to occur. And this is how Kentucky bluegrass is. This is, I think it's, I believe it's also in part why there's so much variability and uniformity in Kentucky bluegrasses. Am I right, Matt? Yeah, what I've seen, uh, you don't see a lot of varietal improvement in Kentucky bluegrass like you do in ryegrass. You have like a, you know, you can go to Fiesta 4, Fiesta Cinco, you can, you can, you can improve on a variety. With bluegrass, it's a lot tougher. So you don't see that a lot where, you, like I said, each plant is pretty much a clone of the other. Yeah, so... I didn't know we signed up for a sex ed class during this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was asked that question um, in one of my uh, graduate school exams, I believe. Um, it's a good question. Yeah. yeah so on the flag, none of us are in, well, Jeffrey, I guess maybe, but I don't know the rest of us. I, I, hey, if everybody, if everybody got it, got it wrong, then we could have that discussion, but Matt got it right. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good question. That's a good point. I like it. The seed guy better wrong, get it I right. If I if I didn't get it right, I would say oh, that's a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my second question is: We all have some some ties to Penn State. So my question is: Who was the first the first person to receive a PhD in turf at Penn State? They're not all going to be. These are the only two I think that are going to be the most difficult. Shut up, Tanner. We don't want ties at the end. We're going to have to spend all this money and all this swag if everybody's tied. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start with Matt. Oh, boy, you know, I know what my guts tell me is, is wrong. Um, I, I, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to say Dr. Turgeon. Okay. Let's go with John. Man, I don't think they would name the turf plots area in the farm after anybody else but i'm going to go with valentine okay how about you jeff so i i have a little bit of information to give before i answer <laughs> i know that 
one of our former PhDs, um, who also has the scholarship at CAFMO named after them in part, was the first extension specialist um, in the country. Um, so I'm going to take him out of the equation. Um, I know that his cohort was soils. I'm going to go with Dr. Deutsch. Ooh, that's a good one. So those are all very good answers. But there is not a correct answer in the room. Remove the question. So there's actually, I could remove the question, but nobody benefited. Nobody benefited from it. So um, actually, though, at STMA, which we were all there, um, there was one of the scholarships was named after him. And it was a Toro scholarship, I believe, which is Dr. James Watson. Yeah, that's that's that. You know, that's a good I, I remembered that. Tanner and I couldn't remember his name and I'm like dang gone I bet you that's it but good yeah. that's a great question I, man you know what Tanner you're that's awesome I remember now that he was one of ours um and by the way Dr. Harper Dr. Jack Harper was the um first extension turf grass specialist um and he was one of our PhDs but and, I, and in fact uh, he was the second PhD at Penn State is that right Hey, so I I was I was sitting next to uh, to uh, Dr. McNitt during the awards presentation at SFMA, and he and he he hit me, and he goes, "Another Penn Stater," as Dr. (laughs) Watson Ward was being named, and that's why I was like, I couldn't remember it, man. Yep, absolutely. Well, I really own the reason why I asked that question too is it was very difficult, but um, we were at 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 stma and there is a scholarship named after him so i just yeah. thought it was kind of yeah. appropriate yep. good one good no one. it's a good question good question by the way um hey who was valentine help us let's close all the gaps on that valentine was the um longtime super down in the philadelphia area at marion um who um was a great supporter of penn state and thus the name the valentine research facility was he yeah okay no now, I, I wondered as I thought through that, I was like, I don't know that he was a PhD, but he should have been. He had a he had a PhD in he, life and in life, life. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he. I think he. Um, I don't know if he had something to do with with Mary. I think he did. He had something to do with Marion. He was at Marion Bluegrass. Marion Kentucky Bluegrass. He was at Marion. Yeah, I think he had some there, and he shipped it up to Penn State, that's, and he had some plots. I think that's, that's a that's a guest we ought to have on the show sometime, Richie. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Dr. Fidanza talks about his uh, turf plots as Valentine East. Just yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and Matt had said uh, Dr. Turgeon. Now I'm not that's sure where. I don't know where he got his PhD. Michigan State, I, I think. I, that that's what my gut's telling me as well. But he's been a long time. I mean, he's yeah, professor he's, emeritus. Um, and yeah. I actually was lucky enough to have him as a. I was a student of his. Oh wow. Yeah. Cool. So that right. was a good that was a good one too. All right, Roll so then we're going to go in a completely different direction here. All right. Thank God. What does <laughs> Here we go. So this is the third question. What does C C E stand for? C C E. Now this is an excellent question. Jeff, are you googling? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with uh let's start with Jeff on this one. Calcium carbonate equivalent. John? Calcium carbonate equivalent. Matt? You know, this one got me. I was 
I was thinking it was hockey equipment. A <laughs> <laughs> CCM, isn't it? A CCM. I know. I just, I just, I drew a blank on this one, and I, I'm just going to own up to it. <laughs> so you didn't know this one, Matt? No, I, I, I did. I, I did know it once, once. You, I, but I was just not thinking on the context. I, it got me. Gotcha. No problem. But yes, that is correct. I love Kyle. the honesty of Matt. You know, I went I, last. I could have said, "Oh yeah, it's definitely that," but I, I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's honest yeah um yeah so that is correct and that's a that equation is used um there's a formula associated with that and that's used um in lime reactions and lime liming materials i believe by law all lime materials have to have um, a number associated with that on the bag perfect all right so next is that was my third question right yep I mean, nope. That was hey, sick. Guys, hey guys, are you noticing he's got like he's got like a notebook? He's turning yeah. pages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've highlighted a few that I that I'd like to ask. So the next one is which state in the United States has the most aircraft runways comprised of turf grass? So runways for you know taking planes off and landing. Are comprised of turf grass. Which state? You you were no longer allowed to fly anywhere, Tanner. <laughs> well, I came up. I'm flying. I'm like, well, I wonder where. We're, hopefully, we're going to land on a macadam runway. But <laughs> exactly, there is a state that has a. Or there's hmm. well, there's runway grass runways all over the place. But um, I think we should have to write this one down. Oh yeah, see Jeff. Jeff feels confident in this one. Nope. I just have. I have a good. I have a good guess, but I think we should have to write the answers down. All right. I well, got, I've got mine written down. All right. Well, then I can't see Matt, so we'll go with Matt first on this one. I went with Texas. Okay. John? I got Florida. Okay. Jeff? Kansas. Ooh. All right. These are, these are good answers, but none of you are correct. Oh, stupid question. Come on. So let's Gosh. think. You're thinking lower Iowa. 48. Let's think outside the lower 48. Ah, uh, well, Alaska. 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 It is Alaska. Yeah. So I was actually at a meeting years ago. Um, an, a, a, I think it was an NACAA meeting or county agent meeting um, down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And there was a presentation about research that a turf uh, person up there does on developing runways and it's amazing like some of the problems they do one of the biggest problems of runways grass runways is actually animals yeah animals are out there and a plane comes in and there's bear and caribou sitting out there in the grass and they have to like buzz it to get it to go away and then come back in and land so that was a pretty neat discussion that i had no idea about so that was kind of a, a neat question Useless trivia is one thing, but your ability to <laughs> to to, re, to, re, to recollect these uh, answers is is uncanny. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's amazing. <laughs> um, all right. So my last question here. I told you to put me down for zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had some correct answers in there. This one should be pretty easy. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making me feel stupid right up for front. you while you're sitting there <laughs> looking at the answer. Yeah. <laughs> What white grub species <laughs> does milky spore control? <laughs> what what white grub species does milky spore control? Well, we'll say what it's labeled. To control. How's that? This so is awesome. 
So there's the, so this is a material for folks that may not know. And milky spore is a fungus that you can put out that is labeled for grub control. And but there's only one white grub species that it actually does or can control. All right. So let's start with let's start with Jeff. Japanese beetle. Okay. Let's go with Matt. I was going to say Matt Schaefer. Okay. John? Yeah, the the correct answer is none of them, but uh, <laughs> I believe that Japanese beetle is on the label. <laughs> That's good. Now, so you guys got it. I would agree that control is very limited in my experience and from what I've seen, but the one that it is labeled for and only for would be Japanese beetle. But understand that there are like seven or eight different white grub species that are found in turf and that that can depending on where you are in the country and just because you have grub damage it's not necessarily japanese beetle and in some and in some years it's it's i see way more other types like asiatic garden beetle or oriental beetle or northern mash chafer Um, down south they have a southern mash chafer so go ahead john no that's you're 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 exactly right that's what uh in Duncan, you, you know, we see way more mass chafers than we do jet beetle for sure in this neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right. right. So, so that's it. That's it. But guess what, folks? We still are going to have a tiebreaker question because for second place, because John and Jeff are tied for second. So we could do a tiebreaker question if you'd like. Oh, good grief. It would just be fun. Give it to Jeff. All right. <laughs> what, what, Jeff, what were you going to say? I was going to say, great game. Thanks for playing. <laughs> and I was going to accept my defeat. But if I know I'm tied with John Fowler, I want a tiebreaker. <laughs> hey, let's do a pancake eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question for the tiebreaker. So I'll, I'll read the results of the the the, the tabulation just so everyone knows. So the maximum questions was, I believe there were 20 questions, but the most someone could get would be 15 because each person read five. So I was in first with 12 um, and Jeff and John were tied with nine and Matt um, had eight. So um, very close game, um, but we're going to go ahead and do this tiebreaker question. Now, the way this tiebreaker works is whoever is closest to the response. I can't give it just if you're both right, then we just keep going. So it's going to be a, a number and we need to see who is closest. Okay. So the question is, how many pounds does an acre furrow slice weigh? How many pounds does an acre furrow slice weigh? Yeah. So a, as in like, if I wanted to a pick weight, it up? if you wanted to pick it up an acre furrow slice, I remember calculating this and having to use this value. And what that is, if you're wondering, an acre, an acre furrow slice is the top six inches of soil in an acre. What is the weight that is typically used? And there are reasons, which we won't get into, to, to, that why you would need to know this. But we did learn this in, in college. I had to confirm to make sure the weight was correct. So whoever is closest. So let's start with John. You want it in tons? How about pounds? 653,400. That's a very precise answer. I like that. 
Jeff? Um, two million. Jeff hit it on the button. Oh, two million. Geez. I was going to say six hundred forty-three thousand and one, just so I was one higher than Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> like Price is Right. I know I didn't get a guess, but I was going to do Price is Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's good. I missed it by by a million and a half pounds. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I you know what this is like show. 91 or maybe 92 of fresh cut grass. This is by far the best one we've ever done, Tanner. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, no, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of these. Yep, awesome. And we'll change up the questions. We'll change up our contestants. Tanner, I know that we had a winner, you, and we had a second place, me, because I beat out my cousin John in a tiebreaker by... <laughs> How many? How much did I beat you by? Yeah, one point five million pounds. Yeah, by one point five million pounds. <laughs> but we, ha- this is awesome. I think we should give both of them a prize for just being on the show as the trial run of Tractor Cab Trivia. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's an honor to be last place on the first episode of Tractor <laughs> Cab Trivia. Hey, Pat, I'm calling an inside job on this. I think those two guys, they pretend like they hadn't shared their questions with each other, but I, I kind of feel like they might have. And then Jeff just just put down a couple of silly answers just to make it close. You know Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, the other thing to remember, too, is the fact that Jeff and I have had the luxury of having a lot of experts on this podcast and that we interact with on a daily basis on some of these. I mean, you both are by far and above, you know, more educated on what your disciplines than, than both of us for sure. So when it comes to, you know, fertilizer stuff, John, you take the cake on that when it comes to seed stuff, Matt, for sure. Um, it, it also helps that, you know, some of the questions that Jeff and I have come up with probably didn't span within your realm of what you work with all the time. So that's kind of expected. <laughs> that was uh, a lot of great, things. great, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Um, Matt Duncan, DLFC, thanks so much for being with us. Um, John Fowler, Anuvia Fertilizer, thank you so much for being with us for our, our first take on Tractor Cad Trivia. Um, Tanner, I think we hit a real home run with this one. Yeah, um, and I absolutely. think it's got to be a maybe even a monthly show for us um, through through this next year um, on on fresh cut grass. I'll remind our listeners that um, they can get a hold of us on um, our email address, freshcutgrass at psu.edu. Hey, maybe you have a trivia question um, that you want us to ask, or if you want to join us um, on our trivia our trivia contest, we'd love to have you. Just shoot us a message. Um, tell us what, um, tell us how we can get a hold of you and we'd love to have you. Um, great show, Tanner. I'll let you send everybody home. Yeah, absolutely. That was a lot of fun. I look forward to doing more of these. Um, but again, we really do deserve a lot of thanks to, to Matt and John for joining us on this, uh, inaugural, uh, journey of trivia. Um, really appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do it without them and look forward to having, you know, both of them back, uh, in the future. And other than that, um, we will see everyone next time on Fresh Cut Grass.